Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Kelly. I'm one of the co-chairs of Ogletree's Affirmative Action and OFCCP Compliance Practice Group. And I'm here with my colleagues, Chris Neer in our Columbia, South Carolina office, who's a member of our practice group, and also Morgan Epperson, who is with me in the Birmingham office and is a member of our practice group. And we've been spending a lot of time helping out construction contractors deal with compliance obligations under the affirmative action regulations and have been working with a couple of different clients on um, audits that have come in from the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs. So we thought that we would spend some time today um, sharing with you what we've seen in the audits and, and what we're seeing from OSCCP's attention to this particular industry. Um, we are going to be um, spending even more time on this topic um, on a webinar sponsored by Ogletree on October 6th of 2022. So we'd love for you to join us for that. We'll go into even more details. But today we're going to just get started. And Morgan, I wanted to know, have you seen an increase in OFCCP's focus in the construction industry? And if so, what are you seeing that that focus, that increased focus resulting in? Yeah, Scott, I really have. Um, and it's really kind of in two ways. So OFCCP has really explicitly come out and said that it's going to focus more on the construction industry. And then we're also just seeing that in a few different actions of the agency. And to kind of give that some more context, OFCCP has really admittedly not focused on the construction industry um, in the past few years. But Director Yang and other OFCCP leaders have made it clear that that's not really the case anymore, that that's, that's not going to be their tactic going forward. So, for example, at the NILG conference in July, um, Director Yang, in her opening remarks, explicitly mentioned the construction industry and talked about how the agency is going to have more proactive compliance when it comes to mega construction projects. And then really the construction industry generally came up repeatedly from the OFCCP leaders that were at the conference. There were several sessions. Um, there was one session about policy and program development where the OFCCP leaders um, mentioned the renewed focus on the construction industry, that they're developing new programs, new um, training, um, that they're focusing more on the scheduling letter for construction contractors. And then in a regional director's panel, they specifically mentioned training for compliance officers when it comes to construction contractors. They're really making it clear that they're gearing up for more compliance reviews for construction contractors. But we really haven't just seen it just in their words. We're also seeing it in the actions of the agency. So a couple of things come to mind when I think of that. And the first is the construction CSAL. And the CSAL is the Corporate Scheduling Announcement Letter and it comes out every year, and it's really just a courtesy notification from the agency. And it's a list of contractors that they're planning on auditing in the near future. 
And in 2020, there were 200 construction contractors on the list. And then in 2021, that number doubled to 400. Um, so we'll see when the new CSAL comes out this year, if that trend continues. But it certainly seems like not only are they saying that they're going to focus more on construction contractors, but they are actually focusing more on construction contractors and planning to audit more construction contractors in the future. Um, the second thing that kind of comes to mind for me is the um, notification of construction contract award portal. And this is not, um, you know, terribly earth shattering, but it does indicate kind of a renewed focus from the agency. So this is a portal that the agency developed um, for construction contractors to give the notice that they are required to give whenever a new construction contract is awarded that's over $10,000. So it's an existing requirement, um, but the agency has developed this new portal for it. And they've explicitly said that there are a few different purposes for the portal. So Director Yang in her announcement said, um, you know, it's going to be administratively easier for the agency to process these notifications and that it will be easier for the construction contractors to um, send these notifications. They have been sending them via email or mail, even fax. Um, but in her announcement and then in a subsequent webinar, she explicitly said that they're hoping that NCAP, which is the acronym for that, is going to allow them to not only schedule more construction contractors, but also conduct more compliance reviews um, through this portal. So they're, they're making it pretty clear that they're focusing more on construction contractors and that sort of an uptick is coming. Yeah, and I think the NCAP is not, or the uh, obligation to inform OFCCP that you are awarding subcontracts in the construction area is not a new one. It's clearly one of the 16 steps that we'll go into more detail on the webinar right. about. But um, I do think it's very interesting. This agency and this administration seems to be very interested and dialed in and how to get contractors that have these obligations um, into their world, meaning how can they go in and audit them or at least make sure that they're complying with these obligations. And this has been an area that I think is not only for the construction folks um, that follow different regulations than supply and service contractors do, but I, I think it's a, an area that OFCCP is really trying to spend some time thinking, how can we get, you know, outside of our regular huge construction companies that do a lot of federal work and outside of these huge supply and service defense contractors, how can we make sure that other companies that get the benefit of these federal contract monies and awards how are, how are we ensuring that they're complying with their contractual obligations for the um, it, affirmative action obligations? So, Chris, you have anything else to share on, on any of those points? Yeah, one other thing I'd add, too, is, you know, we're talking about, you know, how is it that OSCCP might be kind of coming to the forefront on construction? Um, we've seen a lot of the stuff that they put out being revised, updated. I mean, we're seeing a lot more guidance materials from OSCCP. If you go on their website, you'll see um, several uh, technical assistance guides. You'll see updated frequently asked questions. Um, the the uh, federal contractor compliance manual that was updated a year or so ago, um, and, and may have actually been a little bit longer than that, but, but you see construction written uh, throughout that as well. Um, they've had a number of webinars, listening sessions, um, 
they've actually had, I think three or OCCP has had three or four different um, listening sessions recently uh, that they are inviting contractors and representatives to um, really to just try to, I mean, it goes to that idea of contractor assistance um, and that along with uh, kind of the recent revision to their scheduling letter, which is what ultimately begins the compliance review stage. Um, I think all of those kind of play into the fact that, um, you know, renewed focus for sure. We may have touched on this already, but do you all think that this renewed focus is the result of the infrastructure spending bill or do you think there's more to it than that? Well, you know, I think with any new administration and new director, there's going to come, you know, some shifts in focus. You see that with any new presidential administration, but really Director Yang has made it pretty clear that this new infrastructure bill is, is, you know, one of the reasons why the agency's focusing more on construction contractors. I mean, you know, I think they estimate that there's going to be 700,000 new jobs every year and a, a huge portion of that are going to be construction jobs. And then I think, is it $110 billion over five years? So anytime you see um, an influx of cash like that, I think with that comes increased scrutiny. Um, and as I said, Director Yang has mentioned several times that the new infrastructure bill, she mentioned it in the webinar about the NCAP portal, um, that the new infrastructure bill is bringing with it a renewed focus on the construction industry. So I really don't think there's any doubt that that's a, a huge part of why they're starting to focus more on the construction industry. You know, Morgan, I think that you're, you know, definitely onto something with the infrastructure bill um, being a reason for all this. But some of this was already in the works in the prior administration. I mean, there was talks of trying to reevaluate whether the current regulations were uh, for construction contractors, which, ha which haven't been updated, I don't think, since the 1970s or so, um, were still appropriate given how much the world has changed and the construction industry has changed since then. Um, but the and even, you know, the CSAL upticks that you're talking about, I think that's a relatively new thing in my mind for the construction industry. The supply and service CSALs have been published, I believe, back at least on OFCCP's website. They started publishing them, I think, in 2017 or so. Um, and do you guys have an idea of when we first saw construction contractors being included on that cur courtesy scheduling announcement listing? Yeah, so it, it, um, like you said, on, on OCCP's website, it goes back to 2017 CSAL. We don't see a separate construction CSAL until 2020. So there was a good number of years there where there, it was all just either supply and service or combined. And that doesn't mean they weren't you know, auditing construction contractors, because I've certainly handled some construction contractors before they came up with this new scheduling letter that we'll talk about a lot more in detail on our webinar um, and, and certainly, you know, had many mega projects that we were working with different contractors on. But it does seem like there is a, a focus and a renewed interest in this in this industry. Um, and, you know, I know that, Morgan, you mentioned there were two CSOWs with construction contractors on it. Um, I think I know the answer to this question because we're all working on audits for construction contractors. But, Chris, tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in those audits and um, how long they've been going and are you, are you still seeing new ones scheduled off those, those lists or what's your well, intel on that? 
Yeah. So, I mean, there, there was clearly, there's clearly been an uptick because we went from really zero to now several currently. And, you know, when that new CSAL came out, we did see a little bit of a flurry of, of audits. Um, they've since kind of trailed off a little bit. Um, but I think in working through those construction audits with OSCCP, I, I get the feeling that everybody, you know, OSCCP, contractors, council, anyone else involved, is really just kind of now getting back into the swing of how best to move through these audits. Um, and that's kind of what we heard, too, on this topic at, at the NILG National Conference this summer in Boston. With OCCP, you know, kind of where are they focusing, things like that. I mean, OCCP's focus has been, you know, at least for the last year or maybe even longer than that, has been focusing really on hiring, compensation, outreach and recruitment, among others. And those are probably all areas that, you know, will continue to remain front and center with OSCCP, whether it's supply and service or construction. Um, but on the construction side, you know, those, those focuses of OSCCP, I think in sometimes for construction contractors lead to maybe some more headaches than it might on the supply and service side. Um, for example, you know, on the, on the outreach and recruitment side of things. Um, you know, conducting outreach and recruitment within the requirements of the regulations could be challenging for certain types of projects. It may not be as straightforward as a establishment building that is never going to move and you always know where people are coming and where they're coming from. You know, for hiring, we need to remember that, you know, although the participation goal, which is what we look at with, um, with construction contractors, that participation goal for women is the same across the country, but the participation goals vary by geographic location for minorities. And then kind of, you know, kind of the last example of what they're focusing on with, with compensation, that can sometimes be tricky too, because the same contractor might have multiple projects in the same SMSA, that, that stands for the Standard Metropolitan Statistical Area, and we do have a lot of acronyms um, with, uh, with OSCCP work. Um, but, you know, a lot of multiple projects in the same SMSA that could have different pay rates, have different contractual requirements, things like that. Do be aware OCCP in one of these audits um, is going to ask about hours and pay by individual project and, and even by the contract type. I'll add too, Scott, that we've seen um, recently, and this is anecdotally just from what we've seen a bit of a reluctance on OFCC's part, OFCCP's part to administratively close some of these audits, even if there seems to be a pretty good reason on its face um, to close the audit. Um, for example, if there aren't any craft workers at the site and it's just a purely managerial, um, you know, setup at the site, um, we're seeing a bit of a reluctance there, and, and we don't necessarily know if that's coming from the top or if it's sort of a regional director, um, you know, prerogative. Uh, but that anecdotally is something that we've seen recently uh, that there, you know, even when we requested administrative closure, and it seems to be that there's a good reason for it, um, they want to try to go a different route and close it in a different way um, and still sort of pursue some of the audit and, and request some of the things that they feel like they can request, even if there aren't, for example, construction craft workers on the site. And Morgan, let me let me add on to that, too, because that's a that's a great point. One of the things to keep in mind with OSCCP reviews is they don't happen in the here and now. They, they don't occur 
on, you know, you're not looking at that specific date of when that scheduling letter is for the most part. Um, and you may be six months, a year down the road before you're actually dealing with some of the, you know, follow-up questions that OSCCP has. Um, now, and the reason I say that is when you get that scheduling letter in, there's a chance that a construction contractor has picked up, moved on, that project is over with. And, and to that point about asking for administrative closure, um, that is kind of a, an interesting nuance that I think is very specific to construction contractors that supply and service contractors don't really deal with. Those are some really good points, Morgan and Chris. I mean, I, I, I think we've got a lot of content to, to get through on the webinar. Do you have other subjects that we hadn't covered here today that, that you all think we should plan on covering on October 6th? Yeah, and, and truthfully, we could have about a three-hour podcast on uh, on all the different things that uh, construction contractors might want to be interested in. But um, for the sake of everyone, I, I think the things that we'll probably try to hit uh, on that podcast are, are you know some of what we talked about before about that renewed interest by OCCP with construction contractors. Um, you know about maybe the differences uh, between a supply and service contractor and a construction contractor because. Uh, although uh, both will have contracts or, or subcontracts with the federal government, the laws that govern them uh, are different and they're going to treat them differently. Uh, whether it's AAPs, uh, those affirmative action programs, whether it is um, an audit itself, uh, what's required under the uh, new scheduling letters, um, just, just there's kind of a whole host of, of things that uh, are different between supply and service. Uh, and construction contractors. I think we're also going to try to um, provide for anyone who, who joins us on that webinar, um, you know, how to go about figuring out where to start. Uh, I think a lot of contractors, a lot of times will um, maybe be a little overwhelmed with exactly what we need to do, you know, first through 10 and, you know, or, or first to last, um, you know, and sometimes it's as simple as what are, what is, what is the coverage? Am I obligated to do things? And so um, we'll try to, we'll try to walk through some of those thresholds about when someone may be covered and under which laws and regulations and things like that. Um, you know, there's, there's things for executive order 11246 that although an AAP may not be required, there's something called the 16 steps or specifications. And so, um, there's there's a there's a lot to unpack uh, with with uh, the construction regulations, and so we're going to do our very best to uh, help uh, everyone maneuver their way through that, so that if they do get that wonderful scheduling letter from OSCCP, they will be prepared and ready to go. Sounds good. Thank you all for your time today, um, and anyone that joined to listen to this podcast, we appreciate you doing that. Um, we look forward to continuing the discussion on October sixth. And um, we will also keep everybody informed through any blogs that our practice group puts out as well. So thanks a bunch and talk to everybody soon. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice.